from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. In recent days, several articles have been published that attribute the recent rise in gasoline prices to a variety of factors. Different prices for crude oil, refining practices, or as one consumer said in a recent ABC News report, something just doesn't look right. So what's really behind the recent increase in gasoline prices? To answer that question, we've asked API's Chief Economist John Felmy to join us in the studio today. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me. So, John, what is the real story? Why have gasoline prices gone up recently, or have they started to fall? Well, there's two factors. First of all, we saw gasoline prices reach very low levels of $1.61 in December because crude oil prices dropped sharply to $33 a barrel from $147 a barrel. We saw crude oil prices rise to $48 a barrel in January, and that was an increase of about $0.36. Cents. So we have seen a general increase in the cost of crude oil. But also we've seen a change in the supply and demand fundamentals. Back in uh, the end of the year, the market was so soft that there were refiners who were losing money on gasoline sales. Uh, we've seen subsequent to that, we've seen demand increase, we've seen record production from the refineries for January, but the market tightened, and so we saw an increase in the margins that were negative beforehand. Let's go back and cover some of this. You've given us kind of a quick overview, a summary, if, if you will, of what's happened in, in the last few weeks, but let's start back a little bit farther. Um, why did gasoline prices fall so dramatically during the end of the summer and the fall of last year? I'm guessing a lot of consumers probably would have preferred that prices stay in that range or continue to fall further. What we saw last year was gasoline prices went up as crude prices went up to peak in July. Uh, we had crude at $147 a barrel, or since there's 42 gallons in a barrel, that worked out to about $3.50 a gallon. Uh, regular gasoline prices reached a peak of $4.11 in July. Then what happened was a complete decline in the world market for crude oil. You know, before NALA, after the Olympics is a much different story. Before the Olympics, you had strong economic growth. You had China buying a lot of oil to be able to keep their lights on. And then it turned around sharply after the Olympics. We had the credit crisis. We had the slowdown in the economy. And crude oil plummeted from $147 a barrel down to 33 Now, that works out to a decline of about $2.65 a gallon of crude oil. Over the same period, we saw gasoline prices fall by $2.50, so a little less than what crude fell. But since they didn't go up as much, uh, it's not surprising. Uh, that was basically the, the, one of the common changes you see as gasoline prices followed crude prices. Now, why did they fall so sharply? Well, first of all, we had near record production of gasoline last year. We had very high levels of imports, and we had demand down. Demand for gasoline was down by over 3%. So it was a very soft market, and that explains why some refiners were losing money. Let's talk about that. How was it they were losing money? That kind of runs contrary to what most consumers would believe. Well, you know, a refiner is like a baker. They don't control the price of the what they pay for in terms of the wheat, and they don't control the price of what they get for in terms of the bread. And what they get is the difference between the two. So what happened was we had record production, we had or near record production, we had very high levels of imports and soft demand. In other words, demand was down. And like any business, if that's the situation, you can't always recover your costs. 
Now, recently, at least one report has claimed that refiners have actually cut back on gasoline production. What does your API data show? Well, our data shows that, yes, we're moving into a period where you have lower levels of refinery operations as they do maintenance and turnarounds and get ready for the upcoming driving season. Um, But if you compare, for example, the data for January, it shows that it was an all-time high for any January in terms of record production. So there's nothing different than the normal seasonal patterns that they go through. And how do you respond to the reports that say that prices have gone up because refiners on the East Coast are using oil from the North Sea and the Middle East, which is priced higher than the Texas oil? Is that true, or is it true that foreign oil has been more expensive than domestic oil recently? Well, we don't maintain data specifically on purchases refinery by refinery, uh, and so we can't give any insight on exactly what's happening. But it is a case that uh, Brent crude oil, for example, from the North Sea, is selling at a premium to West Texas Intermediate, which is, uh, you know, the uh, Gulf Coast, West Texas area of uh, oil production in the U.S. We frequently are asked why gasoline prices differ from region to region or state to state. How do you answer that question? Well, there are two main differences. The first is taxes. Taxes vary significantly from a low uh, taxes in, say, um, places like Missouri and South Carolina, and Alaska has low excise taxes, um, to very high taxes such as California, New York, and so on. So that's the first difference. The second difference is the type of fuel that's used. There are 14 different types of gasoline that are used in the United States. Uh, They can be very expensive grades, such as uh, the very clean burning gasoline in California, or what we call conventional grades of gasoline, which are the cheapest to produce uh, in about two-thirds of the country. We also have seen questions about why there are price differences from season to season. Can you explain that? Well, consumers probably don't know that the gasoline they use in winter is different than the gasoline they use in summer. Um, On June 1, all of the gasoline that is used in the United States will be what we call a summer blend gasoline. Uh, That program lasts from June 1 to September 15th. The summer blend gasoline is designed to evaporate less. You know, when you see fumes coming out of a gasoline can, that's the evaporation that you're seeing. Well, in order to be able to reduce emissions, they move to a lower emitting type of gasoline in the summer, and that's more expensive to produce. Occasionally, we're also asked about the service stations and the signs that they put up above their islands. Um, And people often say, why is it you can have so many service stations on one corner? They all have these huge signs, and they're all advertising absolutely the same price. How can that occur? This is pure Adam Smith competition. Uh, This is pure supply and demand that any one of those, say, three or four stations who tried to raise their price above the other ones would probably lose all their business. You know, it's a wonderful open market that you can see the price through your windshield in two-foot letters. Uh, No other product is sold that way. It's just a marvelous example of pure competition. And it really reinforces that because, after all, there should be only one market clearing price, the intersection of supply and demand. John, is there a simple way to explain gasoline prices to consumers? How much of the price, for example, can really be attributed to the cost of crude oil? Well, for 2008, about 69% of the cost of gasoline was crude oil. Add on another 13 cents in taxes, and you can see that over 80% of the cost is taxes and crude oil. The rest is refining costs, marketing costs, transportation costs, and some earnings from it. 
This is very helpful information for anyone who's listening today. John Felmy, thank you so much for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.